him, I know we're having a problem with sound, and we're working on it. So, uh, amen. Thank you, John. He's doing everything he can back there. I was praying earlier, probably a week or so ago, about this country, and of course, it's something that's pretty much up at the top of my list every morning when I pray, because I love America. I love America and what she stands for, what she's always stood for, and I'm going to say it this way, uh, we're, we're a little bit wobbly right now. There's a lot of divisiveness due to, uh, I think social media does a lot to stir it up, and uh, again, there's, there's a... There's a lot of stuff going on, but we're going we're gonna to preach today to Republicans, uh, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, progressives. Uh, we're just going to preach the Word of God, and it falls where it falls. Amen? So all of us take ear today and hear what the Spirit is saying to me. Amen? What is the Holy Spirit trying to do in my life? Could, could I love the person that, that I don't agree with a little more? <laughs> amen, amen. But my principles don't change, right? The, the, the kingdom of God and his principles. But anyway, uh, uh, the title of the sermon is America and Jesus Go Together. How many believe that? America and Jesus Go Together. True statement. Amen? We can trace our history back, and we're going to look at some quotes today from some great uh, men and women of our founding fathers from a long time ago. But... Uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that this nation was built on Jesus Christ in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm still proud to be an American. Lee Greenwood's singing it all over the world right now, probably. Remember that song? I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free. <laughs> Don't, I won't sing it, okay? I won't, I won't uh, put you through that. Although we did years ago in Hobbs. We had a band that, uh, that played that song, but... Anyway, I am still proud. Uh, she's been through a lot, a lot of, a lot of tough times, but here, here we are here 246 years later. And I want to say this right here. Uh, this was really in my, in fact, I read it to Bev yesterday when I wrote this. In spite of a liberal-based media and progressives trying to rewrite our history and indoctrinate our kids to their interpretation of it, we are going to see today exactly what our founding fathers had in mind. For this country, we're going to go back. You know, if you found something, you got some skin in the game, don't you? Amen. You got some skin in the game, and you want to see that that nation. You know, if if I built a business or something, you know, and and there's people here today that own businesses. You know, you you want you you're you're the one responsible for that. Are you with me? You're the one that birthed that. You know, Bev and I birthed this church, so I understand the skin in the game deal. So our founding fathers, they made some pretty bold declarations of faith regarding God and Jesus Christ for this nation. It wasn't just God in general. You know, a lot of people throw out higher, higher power and God, just like, you know, God bless America, you know. Well, no, they, they used the word Jesus Christ and the word Christian a lot, that this nation would be founded on Christian principles. So we're going to look at that some today. And I, I want to say this, I believe it is very important what you believe. Watch what you allow into your mind. Is it important, church, to watch what you allow come into your mind? Because it can be, there seems to be a trend these last 40, 50 years to just keep shoving it at you, and eventually you're going to believe it. You're going to accept it. You know, sometimes we tolerate it, and then I, I put it this way, what one generation tolerates, the next generation accepts as fact, and that it's okay. Is that true? So it's very important what you believe. All beliefs 
and belief systems boil down to having faith in something we would like to believe to be truth. But it's important what we allow in, because again, some of it is, is false truths. Amen. In the last time, the Bible says in the last days there's going to be a lot of that false doctrines, false, all kinds of things going on. So it's very important, I believe, for us to know what we believe and to teach our children. Amen. Keep handing it on down. You know, God decreed that to the, to the, the parents of, of the Israelites. You know, bind it around their neck, put it strong in their spirit. We as parents have an obligation to teach divine principles to our children. And I feel that strong and I say a lot about that in the last several months and it's only because it's so strong in my spirit our founding fathers chose God and his son Jesus Christ as the supreme leader of this nation and I'm reminded of a scripture when I wrote that except the Lord build it they labor in vain that try to build it amen whatever it is nation business home life Whatever, except the Lord build it, they labor in vain. And that's what's happened a lot in America. We've got away from the Lord, and we've begun to flaunt our, ourselves around the world, and we begin to think that we are something in ourselves. We are nothing. We are nothing in ourselves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and infuses me with power. Are you with me today? But here's some... Here's some, I'm going to first of all look today at God and our heritage. One of the first, the very first act of Congress of the United States was to authorize the printing of 20,000 Bibles for the Indians that were, had already settled here on the land. 20,000 Bibles, they authorized that. President Washington received a, re, the second thing, received a request from both the House of Congress regarding a national declaration for a public day of thanksgiving and prayer. We're still doing that today, aren't we? Thanksgiving season. He authorized that, put it into motion. Prior to 1789, this is what, about 20 years into our history, many states still had constitutional requirements that a man must be a Christian in order to hold public office. Wow. You remember? Wow. That's, that's, that's powerful. Patrick Henry said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did that make it clear? Amen. I remember Patrick Henry from the history. Give me liberty or give me death. One or the other. I've got to have one or the other. 52 of the 56 founding fathers who worked on the Constitution were members of Orthodox churches. The Supreme Court in 1779, after the First Amendment, or we call it the Establishment Clause, after it was written, the Supreme Court stated this after researching some stuff. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. By our form, the Christian Religion is the established religion, and all sects and denominations of Christians are placed on the same equal footage. Is that pretty clear, that we were a Christian nation? One of our presidents recently, recently said we're not a Christian nation. I totally disagree, because I believe the founding fathers more than I believe him. 1864, now this is almost 100 years into our 
history, the Secretary of Treasury contacted the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia, let's make a coin, you know, some tender, legal tender. And they mandated then that every, every uh, legal uh, coin, bill, whatever, had on it these words, in God we trust. Is it still on coins today? I don't have one in my pocket, but I know, in my, I know it does, right? <laughs> it, it's still there. Amen. And Eisenhower, even in 1955, there was some discussion about, was, well, do we still need to leave that on our coinage? He made a mandate, mandated, made a law, making it uh, very clear that it must be on every coin that is minted. Ten-year study by the political science professors of the University of Houston they studied some 15,000 writings of the founders. 94% of the quotes found in their writings came from, guess, drum roll. You got it, Sister Sharon. Everybody say it, the Bible. 94% of their quotes when they were talking publicly came from the Bible. James Madison the chief architect of the Constitution said this in reference to the Ten Commandments. We have staked the whole future of America's American civilization not upon the power of government, far from it. We stated the future of all our political institutions upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. Is it important? Should I be governing myself, living my life, a moral, acceptable, you know, and I'm going to say that later. We, we wouldn't need government so much if we just lived our lives according to this book. Amen? Man, wouldn't it be, you know, heaven's going to be wonderful, isn't it? In the divine government, you know, we study in our minister study class the seven dispensations. You know, we start with the dispensation of innocence and move into conscience and then human government and law now we're under the dispensation of grace but one of these days it's going to be divine government amen he's going to be in charge of it all hallelujah we'll live and reign and rule with him forever and forever praise god hallelujah even in 1892 the u.s supreme court said this our laws and our institutions most must necessarily be based and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. Woo! It is impossible that it should be otherwise. In this sense and to this extent, our civilizations and our institutions are emphatically Christian. There you go. Hundred and something years into our history, still believing that this nation should be led in a Christian manner. Amen? I believe it's wor it, it worked, didn't it? And when we've kind of got away from that, look what's happened in the last 50 years or so. So, uh, man, a lot of wisdom here today. These men had some knowledge, and they sought God, amen, with all their heart, and God led this nation. Did you realize that the three branches of government are based on a verse in the Bible? Isaiah chapter 33, verse number 22. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. He will save us. There you see the three powers. The lawgiver refers to the le legislative branch of our government. The king 
refers to the executive branch of our government, and the judicial refers to the judge. Are you with me today? We have three separate branches, don't we, of government, and they're there for a reason. In fact, this next verse will we'll explain why they did they set up America this way. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When you've got three entities that are in charge, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? If one gets out of line, hopefully the other one will get them back on track, right? That's the reason this nation was set up the way that it was. Uh, the, the basis even for tax exemption for churches comes from the Bible. Ezra chapter 7, verse number 24. Also we certify you that touching any of the priests and Levites, singers, porters, nethanims, or ministers of this house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toil, toll, tribute, or custom upon them. So can you see, can you see this? As we're, it's a lot of stats today. Anybody enjoying this? Is it neat to see and, and know some of these Things. We did a lot of research on this for your, uh, for your benefit. Each of the state's constitutions mandated that Christian teachings would be included in a child's education. Mm. Oh, but we want to kick God out starting about, what, 1960. We don't want to pray. We don't want anything being indoctrinated. But the, our, our nation was set up. With Christian teachings. It says it very clear here. Each of the state's constitutions. 106 of the first 108 colleges formed in America were formed on Christian principles. Not so today. Are you with me? It's secularism and progressivism and relativism being taught openly in our college. And we wonder why our children are in a mess. I can go on and on. Our founding fathers made it very clear. Jesus belongs where? Front and center, doesn't he? They knew when you take God out of something, it will fail. Israel, look at Israel. You can look at their history time after time through kings and judges and prophets. When they were seeking God, following God, they were blessed, weren't they? But every time they begin to worship other gods, bam, you know, trouble, peril, all kinds of stuff going on. So, I want us to look today. We're, fi we're finally to the point where we're going to actually preach a little bit. Uh, Psalms chapter 33, verse number 12. It says, blessed, and that word in the original Hebrew means happy, fortunate, to be envied even, is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his heritage. God has blessed America. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. He has uh, blessed us in so, so many ways. A, a nation, it says it very clear, who chooses God is blessed. Is it a choice? Every day I wake up making the choice to serve God and to live for God. You know, there's a lot of different forms of government. There's democracies. There's republics. There's monarchies. There's aristocracies, there's dictatorships, and there's even a Democrat republic. Ours is basically, and there's a lot of controversy about this, some, some want to say it's a democracy. If you look at some of the rules defining democracy and republic, ours is really a constitutional republic. 
it endows every citizen with inalienable rights that cannot be voted away. A democracy, you have everybody, and, and sometimes I like the ceiling. I was actually talking about this this week. In a democracy, everyone votes, you know, and it's a little, uh, instead of, you know, there are some representatives and stuff, I think, elected, but everyone votes on everything. And now we've got, now we, we vote uh, representatives and senators and and the House of Representatives, on and on, we, we vote them into office, and they're supposed to go there and what? <laughs> Represent us. But sometimes what happens? They, they don't due to influence. There's a, you know, there's a lot of corruption in Washington. If you don't believe that, uh, you got your head in the sand. I can see it. You know, I've, again, I'm an old man now, and I've watched it for years. And I'm not saying just on one side either. I'm saying Republican and Democrat. There's a lot of stuff going on that should not be happening, and that's the reason we're in the place or the predicament that we're in today. But God will bless a nation, amen, when they totally choose him as their leader. Hallelujah. We mentioned it a while ago. Man wouldn't even need God if all would just follow God's instruction manual. It's there for those who pursue their own self-centered agendas and need to be restrained. As personal governance fails, greater external governance is required. Are you with me? You get out of line, God set the government in motion, we'll get you back in line. We'll put you somewhere where you can't, you know, do the things. You know, you're stealing, you're lying, or, you know, all these different things, and we've got a place for you to keep you until you choose not to be doing that. Are you with me? So let's, let's move on a little farther in this. And I want to say this to do today. Government is here to serve the people, not for the people to serve the government. Amen? I don't want that kind of government. Amen? Hallelujah. So I'll quit, I'll quit meddling and go to preaching here. Uh, let's move on to verse 13 and 15. It talks about the eyes of God. The Lord looks from heaven. He beholds all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks intently. Everybody say intently. Upon all, who? All the inhabitants of the earth. Say, that's me. Does God see you? Yes, he does. It blows my mind what God can see and what God can do. But He's going to say it not only once, but twice in these verses we're looking at today. He who fashions the hearts of them all, who considers all their doings. Hallelujah. So, as we see here, he lets us know, and not only here in this verse, but I'm going to give you several verses here today that let you know that God, you know, we, we, we try to forget about that, don't we? Especially when we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing. The eyes, the eyes of Texas, this, the eyes of God, amen, are upon you, you know. We, we, we want to, you know, David, you know, talked about that when he said, I can't flee from your presence wherever I go. There you are. God is watching you. He knows you. He knows the very number of hairs on your head. He's acquainted in Psalms 139. It said, with all your ways, there's not a word in my mouth. Even, Lord, but you don't know it all together. He knows what you're thinking, every one of you right here, right now. That's crazy, isn't it? He's, he's big, 
omniscience. That's a big word, isn't it? Anybody ever heard that? Omniscience. You know, I don't know if you've been in Bible class. You, that's all-knowing. God knows everything about me, and the good news is he still loves me. <laughs> isn't that good? In all my mess-ups and my struggles and my hang-ups and my mistakes and my failures and my turning my back on him, he still loves me. Here's some verses. Proverbs 15, 3 says this. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Job 34, verse number 21. For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. Hebrews 4, 12. We know this first part of this verse, a lot of us, but we're going to look at verse 13 too. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And here it goes. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are what? Accountable. Don't you wish the world, don't you wish every one of us even, man, would get this down in our spirit. And it's not that we live in fear of God. doesn't want us living in fear of him. He wants us to respect him. There's a difference. There's, there's two kinds of fear, right? You know, the Bible uses the word fear, I think somebody said 365 times. There's one for every, every day. But, you know, a lot of times the interpretation of that is, oh, we're just supposed to, you know, a lot of people have a concept of God's out to get me and he's going to slam me down every time I do something wrong. God is good. God is good. God is good. And all the time, amen, he loves us. And it grieves his heart. Amen, when he, when he sees us doing some of the crazy stuff y'all do. Y'all. <laughs> y'all are pointing at me now. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yes, I, I have, I, yeah. I need him every day. It's tough getting a preacher lined out, isn't it? Telling you. Keeping me lined out is a big chore. Wow. But Hebrews, he tells us there's no secrets from God. And all we have to do, and you hear me say this a lot, is acknowledge him, get close to him, and say, God, I blew it today on that deal. Man, I was right in that guy's face. You know, a little bit of road rage going on there it's all right star honest confession is good for the soul right <laughs> anybody else get road rage a little bit every once in a while and uh, we've already talked about this thing down the road here by rockwell right the merging thing we won't we won't visit that lisa says no please pastor don't 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 go on that one amen it's i always stay in the far left lane and i get What's the word here? I get hammered for being over there sometimes, but anyway. Okay, shut up. We're moving on here. Um, it is the law. That's right. That's exactly right. Stay in the far left lane until it merges together. Are you with me? So that's for somebody today. That was worth combing your hair for and coming to church, right? Hallelujah. Uh, verse number 16 here. Let's jump on over there for a minute. Spend some time here. You know, he's going to say that it's not how many horses and chariots and big, how big your army is that matters. Let's, let's look at this. No king is saved by the great size and the power of his army. 
A mighty man is not delivered by this, by his much strength. A horse is devoid of value for victory, neither does he deliver any by his great power. Wow. We can see that in Israel's history, can't we? Many times surrounded by the enemy, and God would cause a noise in the mulberry bushes or some kind of something. You know, even in the war of 1967, man, it, he made, uh, I forget the country that was invading, it made it sound like there was a thousand tanks coming towards them, and they come over the hill, and there's only like 50 tanks, and they're all standing there with their hands raised in, in surrender. When you got God on your side, you don't need big armies. You don't need all this stuff. It's just stuff. Now, is the United States pretty impressive in the world? Yeah. We're number one. I looked at it yesterday. I researched it. But there's some folks snipping on our heels. China is building their, their arsenal and their army. But right now, there's 1.4 million soldiers in the United States Army. We have superior technology. There's $700 billion spent every year to keep America free and our interest around the world. There's 8,500 tanks. There's 6,500 Bradleys. There's 2,400 Hercules. There's 3,500 howitzers. There's 1,200 surface-to-air missile launchers. There's 65 destroyers, 75 submarines, 1,000 or more aircraft, and 800-plus helicopters. Say, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to keep running. And so we you know, it is important, I believe, that we are prepared. Amen? Because there are people that want to do us harm. And one of the great founding fathers, I remember, said this, eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. We must never lay our guard down. Amen? We must, number one, depend on God to watch over us, but we also must be ready in case someone brings it to us, right? That's just common sense there. So, But great armies do not... Assure victory. We see right now what's going on in Ukraine. The second largest army in the world is attacking them, and man, they're holding their own, aren't they? They're hold, we're praying for them. We're praying for them, and they're, hold, they're staying in there. But again, the main thing this scripture is saying is it's not impressive how many tanks and all this stuff that you have. We must keep focused on God. Amen? We must keep our eyes upon Him. So it goes back to that here, and I'm, I'm kind of winding this thing down here in a minute uh, he goes back to it in verse 18 and says this behold the Lord's eye he reiterates he wants you to get it this is Jesus saying verily verily I say unto you the Lord's eye is upon those who fear him who revere and worship him with awe who wait for him I, now that just jumped out at me sometimes we have to wait on God don't we Anybody impatient? Yeah, just a little bit. We, we want it right now, but God likes to see you waiting on him. Let him work some of the things out instead of you trying to work it out. That's for somebody today. Just, just relax. Amen. God's got you. He's got it. Amen. Relax. Wait on God. Be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Wait for him and hope. Keep the hope alive, right? Hope in his mercy and loving kindness. Does he love you? Let's say it. God loves me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on a little more. Next verse. To deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine, our inner selves wait earnestly. 
our spirit man, right? Waits earnestly for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He is my help and my shield, my refuge, my strong tower. Amen. A very present help. David said in the time of trouble. Every time I've gone through trouble in my life, I can look back at it now and see where God was trying to get me back on track. Amen. I was, no, I got this, man. I'm going to do it my way this time. Old flesh ruling and reigning. But I can look back as an old man now and say, whoa, man, I wish I would have I wish I would have listened a little better. Anybody ever have, when you're in church, did your parents ever just get you by the ear and go, <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, mine would, man. She would, and then she'd give me that look, like, uh-oh. Well, when we get home, it's not going to be good. It's not going to go well. <laughs> when mom gave you the look and got you by the ear, and one time she pinched me. You know, we're right there in the middle of this little country church, and I was only like five years old, and she grabbed, just rung a little piece, and I screamed out, ah! <laughs> kind of interrupted the, the service a little bit there. But, man, uh, God sometimes, he's trying to get some of our attention. And you come here, boy. Come on. You know, listen up. I got you if you'll just let me. Quit struggling with this. Boy, that's, I feel that strong in my spirit. For in him, we'll preach on a little more. For in him does our heart rejoice. Because we have trusted, and that means to rely on and be confident in his holy name. Let your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us in proportion to our weight. Woo, what was that? What? In proportion to our waiting and hoping for you. Wow, that, that hit me. How about you? Am I waiting on him and I hope am I hoping in him? Or am I just doing these little short quick prayers, right? I need to be waiting and hoping. Say, God, your will, your plan. I wait on you. I seek your face. I follow after you. My heart is inclined to you. My ears hear everything that the Spirit is trying to teach me in this matter or in this situation. I wait on you. And I trust you. Praise God. So these final verses here remind us that God is our hope. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. Let's get back to God. Let's get back to God and watch him bless our nation and bring us together. Kingdoms will come and go. But we can make this one stay longer, amen, by following after God. They say a lot of nations have already folded within uh, 200 years. You know, we come to the place where we give out more than, you know, you know where, where we're at right now, kind of 50% are working and 50% are not, not working. So eventually the apple cart can topple, can it? So a lot of people that live in democracies are republic. That's, that's exactly what happens but here we are at 246 so we've already beat the odds amen one scripture in closing this kind of involves the crisis that we're we're in today and i did i give this to you bev i didn't ever i don't think it is john 3 9, i got this i think after i got here this morning john 3 19 through 21 can you throw that in there in the message in the message version. If not, I am pulling it up here right now. Y'all go ahead and stand up if you want to. All right. Here we got it right here. Okay. Here it is. This is the crisis we're in. God, God light streamed 
into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, ooh, that's very relevant today, hates God light, and they won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality <clears throat> welcomes God light so the work can be seen for the God work that it is. A lot of people run from God, don't they? It's sad. I've been in ministry 50 years now, and I've seen people, you can just see, you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes will let me see into someone's heart, and you can see the pain and the hurts and the, the struggles and the things they've gone through in their life, and yet you talk to them, and you, you, you see the part that's wanting to, to acknowledge God and, and turn their life over to God, but it's like the enemy just keeps warring against their soul and, and keeps bringing the darkness and feeding them the lies that I can't change. I'm, I've gone too far. I've, I, I, I just can't. I, I've got to keep pursuing this. I know I'm going to break through here at some point. Let me tell you today, you pursue after God, and you watch what will happen in your life. Give him a chance. Just give him a chance. Run to the light. He is the light. Amen. Let's bow our heads today. Lord, thank you. We praise you. For you, mighty God, thank you for our nation, the United States of America. Lord, as we, our families celebrate this weekend, God, I'm thankful today that we've gone and looked back and seen the plan that our founding fathers had for this nation. And though we have digressed, many ways. God, I pray that America, every person, black, white, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, every person turn back to you, God. We run to the light instead of continuing to chase after the flesh and the things that we think will help us. When it's really you, God, it's really you that we need. God has blessed America. God, you've blessed our families and our lives. And I pray that we never forget it. And we keep alive in our spirit. Lord God, who you are. When we do falter and we fail, we pursue back after you quickly. Because every moment spent away from you is time wasted in the big scheme of our lives. It's, it's a wasted hour. It's a wasted day. It's a wasted month. It's a wasted year. It's a wasted five years when we don't pursue after you. God, bring us back. Bring us back to you, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hear our prayer today. With our heads bowed today. and I just want to say a couple of things in closing. It's time to recapture the faith in God for our nation like our founding fathers did. Let it be known around this world that we trust in the living God and His Son, Jesus Christ. I think of the three Hebrew boys in the Old Testament whose faith was challenged severely there. They were 
involved in the kingdom there. And yet, when the king wanted them to bow, they said, be it known unto thee, we will not bow. We will not bow. We're going to trust in the living God. That must be our mandate today. We will not bow. Amen. We will follow after God. If our government dictates something that doesn't line up with the word of God, I know there's scriptures in Romans 13. There's other scriptures that talk about submitting to the authorities. And we do, but they must submit to the people. Amen. They must submit to the leadership of this nation. So we, we will stand firmly in love. Yes. But how many want to stand and let it be known to the world that you and your family choose God? You choose God. I choose the God, my God over government every time. I choose my God. He is the living God. He is over this whole world, galaxies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In closing today, are we living a life pleasing to Him? Are we pursuing after Him? That's the question I want to ask you. If you're here today and by an upraised hand, you'd say something you said today, Pastor, touched my heart. And there's some things in my life that I need to turn back over to God. Would you just slip your hand up today? And I just want to pray for you in this closing time. Anywhere I'm looking to my right, there's someone here today in this section to my right. I need to turn my life completely over to God. I've been doing some things that I've made some mistakes and failures, and I want to pursue after God again. Anyone, while we look, wait a minute. Look into the middle here. Anybody in the middle section? I want to give my life completely in total surrender to God. Anyone else on the left over here? Anyone today while we wait just a moment? Praise God. I have drifted away. I've drifted away. I must get back. Back to you, God. Lord, I just pray right now. I know you're here, Holy Spirit, and you're moving and you're touching some hearts, Lord. As we've looked today at how you can bless a nation, how you can bless a family, how you can bless our lives, and how, yes, you do watch us. You have your eyes upon us. God, I thank you today that I want to be well-pleasing to my Father. When you look at me, Lord, I want to be doing those things that please you every day because I love you. I love you. And it's a relationship that I've chosen in my life. Jesus even said, I always do those things that please my Father. Lord, let me come to that place in my life where I have no will of my own, but I please you in all my ways, God. That's the, that's the goal. We surrender all of our faults. Lord, we repent today if there's one here that is doing wrong. Lord, right now in these closing moments, may they call out to you and say, God, I repent of my sins. I turn my life back completely over to you in Jesus' name. As Sheila sings this song, would you just pray to God in your own way today?
is so beautiful. God, you are all that I want. You are all that we want, Father. Lord, I just uh, I thank you so much for the word today, your word, God. I thank you uh, so much for our pastor having an awesome love for this country and for his church. God, I, I praise you, Lord, and I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for another day that wasn't promised, God. Lord, I ask, I ask that when we leave this, this chapel, Father, this church, Lord, that we can be salt and light and that we just walk and you direct our steps. Father, Lord, I just help everyone be safe as they travel, as they leave here, Lord. God, give us strength. Help us to be an awesome witness for you. Holy Spirit, just just walk with us and guide us, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for the for the people here, God. They're an absolute blessing to me, as I know they're an absolute blessing to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you're doing in this church, in these people's lives, God. We give you all glory, Father, and I just praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.